Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And writing down Catella <laughs> to the game on this uh, next d- game on Friday through Sunday, the Angels will win 57 to nothing the first game, 123 to nothing the second, and one to nothing on Sunday to get uh, on the getaway game where, oh, actually, we're still at home. But yeah, we're going to sweep everybody the rest of the season. And John Stamos will put his good luck charm kiss on me before each and every Angels home game. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield, the podcast version with one of your hosts, Todd Fox, and the other. Howdy, this is Fernando. Fernando, and we have a special guest. Introduce yourself, sir. My name is Travis Canyon. I'm a Red Sox fan and a listener of the podcast. Awesome. He's going to chime in. You've also been on the show before. I have. Yeah, if I look familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's got to be some people who would be like, I know that guy. And then... uh, I think we have like one or two people who used to listen to Andrew and I's podcast, the uh, SoCal baseball pod. And some people right recognize Travis from that. He was our moderator when we did Dodger stadium versus angel stadium versus Petco park. Oh, that's, Mm -hmm. that's true. Yeah. He was on that as well. So we have a a little uh, back and forth here today about the swaks and the angels series that just took place. Yeah, uh, usually a tough place for the Angels to play, but we're going to get into the review of that series, and then we're going to jump into the Nats series, the homestand, the upcoming homestand with Washington. We're going to talk about the Angels' chances and matchups versus them. But, uh, guys, any opening statements before we get started here? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, we don't have an opening banner. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right? I'm, normally we have some kind of banter, but... I we I think we've all had an eventful week. Yeah, yeah. Personally, it's been I'm pretty a, you've, crazy. You've been on baby watch. Yeah, but I'm still on baby watch, dude. Uh, day three. Okay, yeah. So yeah, still okay. nothing. It was, was today her due date? No, her date. Her due date's actually the twelfth. So I was wrong when I told you the other day. But uh, she's, oh, okay. Could you said like it was like three days away? Yeah, it was. Uh, I thought it was it three was days away. Uh huh. But uh, the thing is, she's just. She's getting most of the symptoms, uh, but just the contractions are all over the place. Uh, but they got her on a monitoring thing right now, and she could be back in the hospital as soon as tomorrow or tonight. We'll just see. Okay. What are we going to call you when you get promoted to Grandfather Fox? Are you <laughs> going to be Papa Fox now? Because then what, what would Papa Fox be? He'd be great Papa Fox. <laughs> so- <laughs> oh, great Papa Fox. Yeah, okay. yeah. I was going to call him Pappy Fox. There you go. go. I I could be Pappy. Pappy Fox. (laughs) 
All right. So, uh, yeah, I'll have to change my avatar to the fox with some more gray hair. I'll have to do that. Yeah, there you go. He's got to have a gray beard, too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we had we came off. uh, We finished up the road trip here. We're going to get into these three games of Boston. Chicago was two and two, a little bit disappointing, especially the way it ended. Uh, So we turned the page and we were thinking, okay, let's go to Boston, a place of horrors for the Angels over the last few years. Uh, And game one. Game one was uh, who was pitching in that one? I want to pull that one up. Uh, uh, Cindergard was pitching for the Angels, and then uh, is his first name Michael? Michael Waka? Waka, yeah, yeah, Waka Waka. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, Fozzie Bear. Yeah, exactly. I like that sign. That was a good signing. Yeah, it was a good signing. Uh, he, I was skeptical at first, but he's got it. You know, he's been looking great for us. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. that's the thing. This is a this is definitely a career resurgence for him, right? Because mm-hmm. Red Sox fans were not expecting him to be nearly as impactful as he has been for you guys. Not at all. No. At least I didn't. I thought he'd be a fifth starter at best, maybe a long relief guy. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was signing, when we signed him, I'm a little bit skeptical. I'm like, I thought we needed a good starting pitching, but you know, he's proven yeah. me wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, he's only 30 years old, so in theory, he is barely entering the prime of his career. He's only 30, and I mean. He just turned 30, yeah. So he was a Cardinal from 2013 to 2019, a Met in 2020. Uh, mm-hmm. In 2021, he was a Ray, where he went 3-5 and five with a 5.05 ERA. And mm-hmm. then before that, had a 6.62 ERA with the Mets. So he's definitely been on a, a career downward spiral mm-hmm. until this year where seemingly he's, he's figured something out. Do you think you know what that is, Travis? He likes the changeup. I've, every game I've seen of him, he's been featuring that changeup. That's his bread and butter, you know? So when you go to that and you're locating it better, he's been more effective because he never had really high velocity. So he's got to go with that. And he's been featuring the changeup a lot. And I've seen that it's been very effective and he's getting lots of swings and misses on it. Hopefully this is a restart to his career because he was brilliant with uh, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, my take yeah, or my, one of my questions though for you, Travis, being the Red Sox guy, like how – you know, being a Red Sox fan all your life, I mean, uh, what is the difference with this season? And because to me, it seems like the Red Sox had like an Angels uh, usual off season where they really didn't go for the big names, the big stars like they norm- normally would and just sort of went bargain basement. Is there any rhyme or reason behind the way that they're trying to construct this team? I think that what Haim Bloom is trying to do is that he's not he's treating it like the Rays. You know, where the Red Sox of old with the Dave Dombrowski era, they would buy, mm-hmm. buy talent, buy, 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 you know, and it worked for a while, but then you depleted your farm system with the trades. And uh, so you get a ring. Yeah. And it was great. But then after that, the teams start stinking. It felt like we had a great team, a bad team, a great team, a bad team. So he's trying to keep it with uh, guys in our system, kind of like with the Jackie Bradley Jr. trade. I thought that was unusual as much as we love him, but we got some good prospects out of him, mm-hmm. you know? So he's treating it like a small market team, which is interesting. And I never even agreed with the philosophy, but he's proven me wrong a lot. You know, like last year, it was the same case. They didn't have a lot of like key guys that they signed. You know, we had Kike, that's mm-hmm. about it. And then we made it to the postseason with one of the worst defenses. And sure. I was like, okay, it doesn't work. So what he did was naturally, it's like, okay, our defense is our worst point. So we'll trade away for a guy who's a great defender in Jackie Bradley Jr., you know? And it ended up working out great. Our defense is great. And our offense, which was great last season, has been lacking now. So everything that we've been doing successfully last year, we're doing poorly now and vice versa. I see. I so see. Let, 
let me ask you this. So Theo Epstein got you guys one of your most recent rings, and then Ben Sherrington got you another ring, right? I believe so, yeah. Okay, because Theo Epstein was 06 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, Sherrington was from 12 to 2015. Because you guys want to ring in 13 and 2009? No, that was the Yankees in 9. Okay. The Red Sox got one in 07, uh, 04, 13, and then most recently in 18. Okay. That was under Dombrowski. Perfect. Yeah. Which which is crazy because okay. you would have never me growing up watching baseball would have never thought the Red Sox would have one, let alone four in my in my day. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah. For the longest time that was an so, asinine Exactly. So between the philosophies that you've had of your general managers over the last, you know, decade, who was best for the Red Sox, do you think? Because you know, the Angels have been playing musical chairs between, you know, DePoto, Epler. I would say, even though it's led to some risks, I'd say Dave Dombrowski was probably one of the best ones because we're a big market team. Mm-hmm. Got uh, the third largest market, and they need to spend like it, you know? I mean, we have the ability to sign high-priced talent, but I understand that there are risks that come with that. You're assuming that a guy is going to perform at a certain level for a long period of time, and it's just not how baseball works sometimes. Great players fall off the table, and guys who weren't considered great emerge or reemerge in Waka's case, you know? So I would say, practically speaking, high and bloom is probably what's best. But for the Red Sox, I would say that Dave Dombrowski uh, was actually a fitting GM, even though he made some controversial signings, like the Rusne Castillo signing, signing him for so much money when he's been a quadruple A player. You know? Yeah, that that's the thing with high risk, high reward, I guess, or or whatever you can call it. Uh, I love D- Dave Dombrowski's overall resume. So when Perry was before he got the job here, uh, Dombrowski was actually one of the main candidates. And I was looking back at his resume. I'm like, okay, you know, he is what he is. He's not a long term dude. Like he usually yeah. lays over in an area for about five years. But his track record of winning titles or getting to the World Series is up there because mm-hmm. he did it with the Marlins, he did it with the T- Detroit, and then he did mm-hmm. it with Boston. So I was thinking, man, all the way Dave Dombrowski. But uh, yeah, I-, I don't even know where he went uh, actually. He's with the Phillies, I believe now. Oh, Phillies. Okay, makes sense. Which explains like the Bryce Harper signing. True, you know? true. Although I do believe. But that. I mean, let's be realistic here, real quick, Todd. <clears throat> Sorry. Though I understand a championship is the goal. Mm-hmm. Are you really willing to win one championship to be, in theory, mediocre for the next half decade, like we have been? I mean, over the last eight years, believe it or not, we have been building towards something. Honestly, mm-hmm. I've said it before, and I think a lot of Angels fans are going to agree with me now. I think we cut Billy Epler a year or two too too early mm-hmm. you know because we're now starting to get to the days where billy epler's drafts uh, and uh signings and trades are finally starting to pay off right we're finally getting to those days it took a while mm-hmm. but patrick sandoval max stassi these guys are starting to step up now jose suarez these guys are starting to step up now i, I i'm do you really think it's worth it in my opinion, because of the 20 years in between titles, I would gladly trade that for another title. But then again, my that's my greedy side. But my thinking what you just said and thinking long-term and having an opportunity to go to maybe a couple of them and, and, or win a couple of them and be good for a long period of time, the route that Epler and Manassian's done now, 
I'm with that. It's just like, be, but being a, uh, it's hard to be a patient fan when it's been 20 years between titles. And then like what Travis had to go through prior, you know, being a Sox fan, I mean, their drought was even more horrendous, but it's just, I mean, not for Travis, but you know, for his dad. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> I mean my his grandfather family. would scream, turn off the TV and run out of the room. He never got to witness a title. Oh, it sucks. That sucks. He, made, he lived uh, 80 years and he passed away six months before they won in 2007. Oh, man. That's so brutal. Hey, I mean, at least he witnessed one. Yeah, he witnessed in 2004. There you go. Okay. Yeah, well, that's, a, that's like uh, my grandpa. He passed, uh, he passed just prior to the Padres' run uh, to the World Series. He wanted them to win a World Series, although they didn't win, but I think he would have been super stoked. Yeah, just to make it that far. Yeah, and exactly. 98, I believe. Yeah, 98. That was his team. He loved that team. 98, and was it uh, 84 or 86? I think it was 84. Against the Tigers. 84, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, this this has been a different Sox team that uh, – and then, and then your division, before we get into the series, you, that division is going to be brutal all year. I mean, Baltimore yep. is going to be on the team on the rise. They've, 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 they're essentially a really good AAA team with a couple mm-hmm. major leaguers on them, and they're yep. going to be pesky. But but that's the least of your worries. I mean, you got Toronto, you got the Yankees, and you got Tampa. I mean, that's yeah. that's brutal, man. Oh yeah, no people. I got a hot take real quick. Uh-huh. Uh, I think the Orioles in like two or three years are going to be one of the are going to be a decent team. I mean, you know, their pitching well, framework agree. is there. Mm-hmm. Got a you know, and time. I understand that's probably not too big of a hot take. You know, they have Adley Rutschman, they have Connor Norby, they have tons of guys. John you know, Hughes who knows if Trey Mancini will still be there or if he'll even be productive at that point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think the Orioles are starting to get the framework of a solid team again. Yeah, they've actually looked pretty decent, too. I mean, they beat us in the series in three games. We, they've actually put together some great offensive games as well. And offense was their weak point. They've actually had decent rotations uh, throughout this time, but they just didn't have a lot of offense for a while. <laughs> Matt Harvey. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think that the <laughs> their only downfall they have is they just they're they're a team that can't afford making errors. They make an error and they will lose a the game easy. Uh, they've got to fight. They can't afford anything clearly. Yeah, they they got to fight, uh, <laughs> kick, uh, scratch and claw to get runs. But when they do, they're formidable. They beat us two at home here, two out of three. Uh, mm. They're they're a pesky little team. But uh, yeah, I'd like to see them good because I mean something about Camden Yards. It's one of my bucket list stadiums to go to. It looks beautiful. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all those teams in the Great East, ball. yeah, all those teams in the East have nice looking ballparks. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's except, except what Toronto, even Toronto's not a bad spot. I think Tampa Bay is the worst one in the East, but yeah, that's true. I've, uh, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, let's start with this series game one. Uh, again, the, the angels coming off a shutout loss in Chicago the the, the night before, and we're going into a Boston area where the ERA has well, Travis, the, the the pitching. What do you think, real quick, before we get into this game? It was it has it been decent to you, or or better than last year, or is it regressed? Uh, the off it it's the exact opposite of last year. Our starters were iffy because we had a Valdi and a unhealthy Chris Sale for most of the season. Mm-hmm. So our uh, starters weren't doing great, but our bullpen was actually solid despite the reputation it had. You look at the numbers, they actually were one of the best ones in the American League, mm-hmm. and now it's been the opposite way around. We've gotten good starting pitching, especially out of guys who you ordinarily wouldn't expect it out of, 
like Michael Walker. We've gotten some uh, really great numbers out of Tanner Houck, you know, yeah. and um, our bullpen has had too high of an ERA. So if you look at us and our ERA numbers, we're right there in the middle of the league, totally mediocre. Wow. So it's just not going to fly. You know, Absolutely. you got to get it all going together because we've actually added bullpen pieces in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Well, during the trade deadline last year, which was like Hansel Robles and Austin Davis, which both guys had an ERA over five at the time. So I was not happy about that. I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. We already had a good bullpen, you know? So, yeah. you know, I think it's just early in the season and they might come into their own. So I'm not going to like jump ship, but mm-hmm. it's been a total change from last season. And it shows too, because we've had starters keep shut out ball for five six innings and the bullpen comes in and then the lead's gone yeah sort of what happened today but like the other thing yeah. i was going to note was the fans this i'm not used to watching a red Sox game with whoever they're playing especially the angels and it there'd be empty seats uh i don't know if you noticed it but in the series it didn't it was not packed it's not the the you know i don't know if they're just not buying in yet or or if it's early in the season because the weather looked fine to me in boston you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It wasn't like freezing or nothing, but there was a lot of empty stands throughout this series. Oh, yeah. It was 50 degrees, and there was 29,793 attending fans on Monday. Yeah. That's not crazy. Well, tickets sold on Monday, I should say. Yeah. I mean, it might just be – you could chalk that up to a midweek game, especially today. It's a middle of a day on – what is it? Today's Thursday, you know? Yeah. First pitch was 7-12 on uh, – sorry, I said Monday, so that must have been Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I don't know. I'm just used to the whole Ortiz type Red Sox teams that had just, you know, you, you couldn't get a ticket to those games. You know what I mean? It was too pricey. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. My only time at Fenway was in 2008, the year after they had won the world series and it was absolutely packed. Yeah. Yeah. And that 2018 wasn't even that good to be honest, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, nowadays I think it's just more fair weather fans, you know, no one gotcha. wants to see a first place angels team slaughter a team that's now tied with the Orioles, wow. you know? Yeah. So it's that puts been it into perspective. Cool. Yikes. Yeah. But I mean, we're it, only what, 26, 27 games in the season. So that's exactly why I haven't like, I'm saying like, we always start out slow every April. Yeah. I bet if you look at the April record for the last decade, it's probably a losing record, you know? Okay. But there's there's one difference between that and the Angels is usually Boston will turn it around in time not to get themselves uh, missing the playoffs. The Angels had been the opposite. They wait a little too long to turn it around, and then yep. they're you know just not going to win in September. But uh, I think the Angels started out pretty hot last year too. Uh, so actually, the Angels were exactly 500. You said they were a game below top, but they were exactly 500. Yeah, yeah you're right. Last year they started out. Uh, I, I want to say ten or seven and three or something like ten and four. Yeah, whatever. they're real hot. They're real hot, yeah. and then they just they fell off and they finished five hundred. And then May was just an abomination. It just kept going from there. That's the exact opposite of what the Red Sox have been doing. You know, yeah. start out slow and then slowly work your way up. I mean, remember last season we started out getting swept by the Orioles at home. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. pretty atrocious. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. At least this time we got beat by a good Yankees team at Yankee Stadium, two games to one. So it wasn't yeah. as bad, but it's like as a Red Sox fan, it's obviously very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, that's your big rival. Yeah, you know, it's the game that plays like ninety percent of the year for some somehow. It feels like a playoff oh, on game. Oh, ESPN Yankees Red Sox again. <laughs> and there's always some like absolutely crazy plays or some controversy laced with it, and it always makes it more interesting to watch and more tense if you're a fan of either of those teams. 
You know? Absolutely. It's never yeah. a dull moment in a Red Sox Yankees game. And it always feels like it lasts 15 hours. Oh, yeah. 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 They made those pitches. Yeah, because a couple rules. years ago they played in England, right? Yep. The London series. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they made those pitching rules, especially for the Yankees Red Sox games, because those were yeah. always 30 to 40 minutes longer than every other game. Yep. Yeah. That's normal. Mm hmm. So the Angels lost on Tuesday, four to nothing, getting shut out by the Red Sox behind Michael Waka, mm -hmm. uh, Deekman, Brazier, and I can't even say that guy's name. Sawamura. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I see. I can't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Angels lost four nothing. That was their third out of four games getting shut out. Correct. If memory serves correctly, Correct. yeah, because they, they got shut out in half of the White Sox games. They got shut out on Saturday's game and Monday's game, and then, like I said, went on to Boston for first game to get shut out again. Mm -hmm. Todd, what was your mindset getting shut out for you know three out of four nights? It's been difficult because, you know, our thing as Angels fans is these, and I've, I've picked it out many times, is the, the hitting instructors, the way Joe Madden conducts BP before the games, you know, sometimes it's just batting cages below the stadium. You know, he doesn't have them out there taking real life at bats. And when he does, he nails Austin Warren in the face with a fly ball. Um, but they, I think the Red Sox player did that actually. Oh, it was a Red Sox player. Okay, I was thinking we hit our own guy. Yeah, because what happened during live BP, and from my understanding, it was a batted ball that got Austin Ward in the nose. Oh, okay. Oof. Well, well, despite that, I, I, I'm just upset with the way if, you know, I don't know if, how much Travis watches the Angels games, but, you know, we've noticed on many occasions Matt Wise, our pitching instructor, is right there during the game's showing the tablets to the uh, pitchers trying to get them saying, Oh, you know, you're, you're showing your, you're tipping your pitches or uh, try doing this. Uh, you know, like he's constantly on them, whether they're mm -hmm. in the game or not, which is a sign of a good pitching coach. Our hitting instructors sit on their asses the entire game. And it wasn't until the last two games of the Boston series where they actually hit where it seemed like every ball player for the first time this season I've seen in the dugout had a freaking tablet. And they were talking with one another. You know, Rendon was 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 uh, telling uh, Mayfield about you know his at bat and vice versa. And we didn't see that in the Chicago series at all. So when they came back in the first game and got shut out again, it was a lackluster uh, approach at the plate by all the b baseball players. There was the same game plan. They didn't change up as the game was going along. They tried to play some small ball to scratch across the run. I mean, we got a leadoff guy on, I think once or twice, didn't bunt him over with guys who clearly can't hit the ball that hard. It, it was just like, what are we doing out here? And then that's why I was frustrated those first two games. Back-to-back -back shutouts is terrible. They went they went 22 innings without scoring. Tell me about Peter Fozzi. Does he do a pretty good job with your hitters, Travis? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, nah. Last <laughs> <has> been... <laughs> I mean, it hasn't been looking like We've got a great offense. Like, I don't know what his strategy is, but it's not working because our runs scored. You look at us, we're pretty average, you know. Um, last season, we were top three in most offensive categories. We're right up there with the Blue Jays and Astros. Yeah. So whatever that was doing was working, you know. So I think he's just – he's new to the job. He's going to figure it out. He was hired for a reason, you know. It's too early to freak out. And I think it's just a collective slump that their offense is going through. Because they've had their moments. Like there was a game against the Blue Jays. They ended up uh, going seven to one. Mm -hmm. You know, the bats started going. It's They say hitting is contagious and someone needs to spread the virus, you know? So we just need to 
figure something out in that regard. You need someone to spark something. Thanks. Now we're going to get demonetized by YouTube for using spread the virus. <laughs> that's what I was trying to do. <laughs> there you go. That's fine. We weren't making any money anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the minus now. Um, but I, you know, Bradley, it was surprising. Bradley was off to a bad start, but he had a good series. Um, you know, I like JD Martinez's uh, approach at the plate. He was he was good in the series. I was just shocked to see some of these dudes' averages. You know that that were so bad. You know, I'm not used to the Red Sox hitters having those kind of low averages. And yeah. you know, uh, who was the guy that came over from the Dodgers? He's on your uh, team. He's an outfielder. Um, Verdugo. Verdugo. Yeah, I'm 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 shocked though at his start to the season. You know, and I'm hoping for your guys' sake, it is just a you know an early season slump, and like you said, that can get contagious. But it was really weird. This is the first year in a very long time me watching baseball. The Red Sox have an offense this anemic this early. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what it is to be honest. You know, it's just a, a lack of execution, a lack of situational hits too. I would even say some bad luck factors in because what I've seen is that they're not striking out that much. You know, they're not giving away at bats, but they're making a lot of solid contact. It's just at guys. Yeah, know? I've yeah. seen a lot of that, but. At the end of the day, there's been opportunities to score with men on base, and they've been lackluster at that time, and that's really what it is, you know? And one more question I have for you, Travis. Uh, Dabak, thoughts on him? Is he going to be that guy to take over a starting role, like, permanently, or is he just, like, one of those bench dudes? He's got to prove himself still. I mean, he's young, and he's, like, a newfangled all-or-nothing hitter. When he hits it, he hits it far. When he doesn't, he's sitting right back on the bench, you know? So – it's uh his his defense has greatly improved from what I've seen from when he started, mm-hmm. but his offense has been pretty inconsistent. And again, you could chalk that up to being new, but he needs to produce too because he's a big source of power. And I think that uh, he needs to prove himself still. I agree. Know? So I know you were blacked out of Tuesday's game because you know you live in Orange County, so obviously mm-hmm. you can't watch the the Sox because they're playing the Angels. Yeah, but. Um, from what you heard about Noah Syndergaard, from an outside perspective, is Noah Syndergaard back? It's hard to say. I mean, with Noah Syndergaard, a lot of his uh, success was based off of his velocity, you know? And since Tommy John has dropped a lot, you know? He's always had a great curveball and elite stuff, too. But from what I've heard about in the first game of the series, the Red Sox were hitting him around pretty well, you know? Granted, it's a pretty friendly, uh, uh, hitter-friendly park, and Fenway Park is not usually pitchers' favorites, but um, you guys have I a lot of say, little league stadiums in the East. Yes, we do. <laughs> Lots of them, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, why not give him a chance, though? You know, the, the Angels signed him for what? Just a couple years, just to see one, one year. year deal. Yeah, yeah. The, there you go. That's probably one, a smart move for a guy who came off one of year surgery. deal, and he's so far two and one this season with a two point six three ERA. Man great yeah his, his strikeouts are down but he's uh, he's getting an awful lot of uh ground ball outs which is good because i rather have that than fly ball outs uh he's his control's good so mm-hmm. i'll give him that that's what he's gonna have to work on too especially if he's no longer the flamethrower that used to be coming off the surgery yep he might have to change his philosophy a little bit i think he has mm-hmm. I, I honestly do he, he does not look like the same pitcher out there with that same kind of like go-getter mentality i'm a strike you out max scherzer type dude He's mm-hmm. just trying to make, get you to make the right kind of contact. So, there you go. Yeah. So the, to answer your question, he's not back. He's different. There you go. There you go. And yeah. and different <laughs> is always that bad, you know? So yeah. we'll see what happens. He's a new man. Yeah, definitely not. So 
So game two was a little different for the Angels. Mm-hmm. So game two was that uh, the Angels were down by one run, correct? Mm-hmm. Came back to tie it uh, because Hansel Robles uh, gave up, uh, I think it was only one run, right? He gave up one run, yep. Mm-hmm. And then in came uh, Deekman, and Deekman blew the save. Yep. And then Barnes gave up three runs after that. Mm-hmm. Matt Barnes in midseason form. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, what's your opinion on Matt Barnes? I mean, obviously you kind of gave it away there, but you yeah. know he's been pretty inconsistent. And then also, what's your opinion on Hansel Robles? Inconsistent is the key word there because I know he made an All Star game last year, but I've talked to I've talked to Kyle, our uh, resident statistician. He says he has elite stuff, and I'm like, does he though? Because the numbers don't reflect that. Everything I've seen, every time I see him, he either throws a curveball in the dirt or fastball right down the middle. I mean, you just got to sit on the curveball and hit the fastball at that point, which causes him to be inconsistent. I mean, I, I've not been impressed. You know, when they said he was our closer last year, I'm like, that's risky. He ended up doing really well as a closer. But I think that that one year was just kind of a fluke. You say you give him a defined role. Maybe that helps. But I just think that he and Handles Robles have been kind of inconsistent. And that's the worst thing that a reliever can be. Got to be reliable. I think you said a key phrase there, or you said that uh, with Matt Barnes, it's either a slider in the dirt or a fastball. Mm-hmm. And uh, Todd, if you can tap into your memory on Hansel Robles, Hansel Robles was the same thing. He had a nasty slider where he mm-hmm. would just kind of bury it in the dirt, or he would get you with like a quick pitch to throw you off and then throw like a hundred miles an hour. But that was all he had. Mm-hmm. Threw a mm-hmm. lot of balls, walked a lot of guys, almost like a Jonathan Papelbon mentality. Mm-hmm. He'd get bases loaded, and then he would somehow finoodle his way out of it. Jonathan Papelbon yep. made a career out of that. Yep. And it seems like Hansel Robles almost does the same thing. Loads up the bases, or at least develops a pressure situation, kind of finoodles his way out of it. But it also gets him in trouble because he has entire seasons where he's inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And then he has years like I believe what 2020 where he's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, go figure. That was a kind, of, and that was a kind of a performance he did the other day, which would you know getting the bases loaded in that extra inning and stuff like, or yeah. in the ninth inning. Uh, that game was weird. I mean, they were down two nothing, tied it, lost the lead four to two, tied it again late. Uh, you know, with a big clutch hit. Um, I. <sighs> And there was also on our side, we've been frustrated with Madden's lineups and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it was, it just made sense that the guy who got the winning hit for us, which was uh, Taylor Ward, was benched and he had been hot. Yeah, right. And so they bring him in to pinch Bench hit. your hottest hitter. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I've seen this. I've seen the highlights. I mean, he's been unreal. He's been putting up Mike Trout numbers. Yeah, exactly. And that was a guy, you know, uh, again, like, uh, it just doesn't matter. Like, Okay, so see, going into today, you know, Brendan Marshall was playing, and he had been slumping bad, you know, and and you're not resting a guy like that. He's he'll throw out a dude like that, but a guy's coming off a three for five, he'll be like, right, sit down, you know, <laughs> take a day off, yeah. cool, cool, right on hand. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I'm this- gonna bat Brent. Not only are you gonna start Brandon Marsh, but he batted him lead off to try to get him out of his funk. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you've been smoking, Joe, <laughs> but sometimes it is okay to say no. We have never say no Joe over here thinks he knows his way around everything. Mm -hmm. The guy probably can't even swing his way out of a sack. (laughs) It's got to, you know, play rob it. Yeah. I mean, we, we have some options if we want, like for, for me too, Velasquez has been getting a lot of playing time and defensively, 
as he should. But his bat has been nowhere close to where it should be. He's swinging like he's a power hitter, and he's not. No one's helped him out. Marsh wasn't doing anything. So it's like, for me, I would have started Rojas at second, moved Fletcher over to short. Um, but, you know, they didn't do that. They weren't playing. They weren't trying to play Rojas. And Velasquez, yes, did make a couple good plays today. But, you know, offensively, he's just an easy out. He's not even bunting. With a guy like that, you'd be like, okay, try to bunt, get on base, or move a guy over. Nah, let's just swing away or or go for the fences. You know, <laughs> doesn't make sense. So uh, that game was won by the Angels 10-5, to and the matchup was Garrett Whitlock, who the Red Sox have been test driving as a starter, right? He isn't normally yeah. a starter? No, he was okay. like a long relief option that we picked up from the Rule 5 draft with the Yankees, actually. Yes. Yes. No. Oh, yes, I've heard that. Yep. He was one of my and then the Angels picks. set up Reed Detmers. I'm sorry. He was one of my favorite picks for that season. He's been absolutely shut down. Yeah, 1.25 ERA. He pitched five innings uh, yeah. in yesterday's game. I know I'm biased. He only but gave I up he was two runs. Year candidate last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and he had a good performance. I mean, nine strikeouts. Nothing to be ashamed of there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Reed Detmers, 4.2 innings pitched, four hits, three runs. They were all earned, two walks, two strikeouts. So his walk numbers were still pretty low. I mean, I'll take two walks. You know, mm-hmm. I would have liked him to to walk two batters in more than four and two-thirds. But, you know, for a guy who's still young and is still trying to figure it out at the major league level, mm-hmm. I'll take that out of Reed Detmers. Uh, I would have liked Joe to give him a little bit more of a longer leash. He went to his boy toy Ortega. Yep. He then brought in the super looper who actually gave up a run for once. His <laughs> ERA is now at a staggering 1.54. I say sarcastically, but you know, for loop, <laughs> that is high. Yeah. Hey, all right, grill master. And then we got uh Tapera who picked up the win. He is now one and oh. He has an ERA of 1.50. And then Jimmy Herget finally got the last inning pitch there. And uh, he was able to bring his ERA down to 5.11. Now, one thing I will say, and I'm sure Travis will agree here from an outsider's perspective, it's really weird to say Angels bullpen numbers mm-hmm. almost one month into the season. Actually, by the time this is released tomorrow, that will be one month from the start of the season. Mm-hmm. To hear that Angels bullpen arms have ERAs lower than their weights. Mm-hmm. It's a good sign. Always. You know? Exactly. I mean, if a guy's ERA is, you know, four, you're like, oh, well, you know, hey, Angels being the Angels. Mm. But the fact that, you know, we have some notable names there, you know, Aaron Loop, Tapera, these are great uh, bullpen arms in any Mm -hmm. staff. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been a long time since the Angels have had a bullpen name like that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they have a guy named Ray Iglesias also. But, um, yeah, I've been really happy with what we've been saying for the bullpen. That was another example right there. I mean, our guys stepped up when they had to. They won a game in extra innings. Yeah, and the thing about that is last year, well, two things happened. Um, you look at the bullpen, and like you guys said, uh, you know, this ERA is f- fantastic for a team that, again, this is why we're 17-10. and 10. It's a big reason why is the pitching is much better than last year. And a game that last year – I forget our record the year before with a whole runner on second base to start extra innings where we're like way below 500. We always don't score that run and the other team comes back and beats us. And, you know, and the way that that inning started, I'm like, crap, the first two outs, we still got a runner at second. And then they explode for a six, two, uh, oh, was it six? Yeah. Six, two out runs. 
which we wouldn't have done that last year. So that was a big difference. And, you know, Jared Walsh coming through with a tying hit and then the big three-run homer to cap it off. Uh, you know, we would have lost games like that last year. So that's encouraging from our side. And that's something that you and I said in our private conversation. I mean, you know, Todd and I talk all the time. I'm sure that's not a surprise to people. But um, I had told Todd and Todd agreed completely. Like, yeah, this is a game that we 100% lose. And I'm pretty sure he even said that. Like, yep, and, uh, yep. I think you did a post game that day. Mm-hmm. No, you didn't. You did not do a post game. Oh, I wasn't. That day. No, I didn't do a post game that day. Yeah. Yeah. So we had just probably just said it in our, uh, in our group chat. But yeah, that's a game that the Angels for sure lose. Mm-hmm. Last year. And, and that's a big What's it like, uh, Travis, like facing an Angels team who actually has a, you know, a decent bullpen. I'm sure in the past it was kind of like, eh, we're still in this, you know, who are they going to bring in? Hansel Robles? Oh. Yeah, I know. Needless to say, I was actually pretty confident going into this series, but, you know, they surprised me, you know? So it was harder to get that key hit, you know, especially for an offense that's really struggling. The Angels preyed on that. They did a really good job of shutting the guys down when they needed to. You know, mm-hmm. especially uh, today when it was just a complete shutout. Yeah. You know, for an offense that on paper is really good, that's an absolutely amazing feat. You know. Mm-hmm. And and one more thing about this game, I'm with uh, Fernando on this uh, again. Madden with the quick hooks too much on these young kids, and he's and uh, I I think this was one of his best starts of the year. And he only went four and a third, so that must have been discouraging. Because when I think when they went to the uh, the camera of him on the bullpen, he he or not the bullpen, the dugout, he looked pretty pissed off. He was shaking his head, like why did he take me out? His curveball was the best I've seen it all year. I mean that curveball was dancing all over the strike zone, but in the He's strike got a zone, nasty curve, a wicked curve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was throwing the, it was actually throwing off the Red Sox uh, hitters. So I was I was impressed by that. Mm-hmm. Travis, could you say wicked curve? Wicked cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's from New Hampshire, so he can pull off the New England. Yes, he can. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it de- definitely a, a good sign. I mean, there was a bunch of stuff that was weird that day. I mean, Kurt Suzuki played first base. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put him in the Angels Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> Let alone the fact that he did like the splits on one of those plays. He actually had a pretty good scoop there. It was crazy. And also, uh, there's a guy on uh, Angel's Twitter. I'm sure you guys have heard of him. His name is Halo Wheezy. Check him out. He's the dude. Um, he, he started something called Wheezy Wednesdays, which sounds like something you would get high with Little Wayne. But, you know, whatever. I like it. Wheezy Wednesdays just sounds dope. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, what he said was, who do you think is going to be the Angel's player of the month? On the Halos of the infield account, I said Max Stassi. And uh, Max Stassi made me look smart that day because he hit the home run that broke the angel scoreless streak. Yes. And he damn near almost hit a, uh, another one later in the game too. He just got under it. So his swings there. That's for sure. Yeah. He definitely looks like he's starting to heat up a little bit. So hopefully because the angels need him to heat. Yes. So that'll take <sighs> us to d- today's game, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So today's game was an all-out schlobber knocker. Mm-hmm. One where we would be told, stop that man as a family. <laughs> so uh, the modern-day Babe Ruth, Shohei Otani, who is three and two after today's game, pitched seven innings, gave up six hits, but no earned runs, struck out 11, currently mm-hmm. has an ERA of 3.08, and Rich Hill pitched five innings, gave up no runs. But 
Tanner Houck, did I say that correctly? My boy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gave up seven earned runs today. Mm-hmm. He he started good when he first came out there. I think he struck out the side right when he first relieved uh, Rich Hill. Yep. So it wasn't until the seventh inning when the Angels uh, started to get on that run uh, with the uh, with the two run homer by uh, Walsh down Pesky's pole, and then it just it lit up after that in the eighth inning. They scored five, and mm-hmm. then uh, played it one more in the ninth. Uh, this game was really weird because double digit strikeouts back to back for Otani. So he's he's really pitching good the last four starts now. Uh, mm-hmm. But Rich Hill, Rich Hill, like is one of those guys you always want to count out because of his age and and how long he's been around. But mm-hmm. what, your thoughts on Rich Hill with Boston because he gave him exactly what they wanted again, like from one of those yeah. starters. Well, he's been another underrated signing. It's exactly like the Michael Walker signing where I I saw where he signed Rich Hill. I'm like okay, maybe, you know, I didn't have high expectations, but he was like a low risk, high reward signing. Mm-hmm. And that's what high bloom has been doing. And he's been absolutely delivering. He's been exhibiting elite stuff lately. You know, he hasn't been laying, leading on the curveball too much, but he's been pitching it effectively and knowing exactly when to throw it. Does he know? have, so, a, does, does he have a pitch count or an inning count? Sorry. Uh, I'm not sure what they have him on. You know, I wasn't able to watch the games because of the blackouts, but I think oh. that they've actually been giving him a decently long leash. Okay. You know? Because uh, the way he was pitching Guys, he's today. he's 42 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I mean, like, look, with a lefty, you kind of throw the age out the window. Some of these lefties can go, like, mid-40s. So, I mean, yeah. uh, I just think he's got really solid stuff, and he's hard to hit for whatever reason, and he uses that – the you know the slow uh, curveball and and fastballs to his advantage the the, the rate speed or the spin rate or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, he 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 had the Angels off balance. I was really surprised they took him out after five. Yeah, and that's what Alex Cora does is they he takes them out too early, and if they're inefficient, he leaves them in too long, like we did with Hanner, Tanner Houck. All of last season, the general consensus with Tanner Houck was he was exhibiting elite stuff, and he got pulled too early. Mm-hmm. He always pitched like three and a third innings when he was doing great. You know, so I think he just tries to do things to show faith in the pitchers, which I understand that because he's definitely a player manager. But at the same time, like you say, you got to ride the hot hand. You know, it's the equivalent of bouncing Taylor Ward. Yeah, yeah. And another thing I want to point out real quick, Fernando, um, (laughs) man, Brandon Marsh on this road trip, they had just put up the stat. He was 0 for 19 with 15 strikeouts. That that is absolutely brutal. He kept getting run out there, and he was like, think, think he had two more strikeouts today before he dropped a bloop single, and then then the ninth inning he had a two run homer. So I mean, but hanging out with his boy Adele, I guess because you know we've never complained about his defense, but boy was that a bat. I mean, he was whiffing like crazy this entire road trip. Yeah, he lo- he overall looked overmatched this entire road trip. Hopefully, he was able to end it up. End it on enough of a positive note that he'll be able to translate against the Nationals, have a productive series, and, uh, you know, hopefully move on for the rest of the year. I mean, you know, uh, Brandon Marsh is definitely a guy where if he's doing well, the Angels are doing well. You know what I mean? Because he's a young guy. The Angels are finally in a situation where they have these young guys coming up and producing, you know. The Travis saw with the Red Sox, you need to have these young guys built in the system to believe in the process and execute the process. Because when that happens, you build championship teams. 
These aren't the old days, guys. I've said it all the time, and I'm going to continue to say it. You can't buy yourself a ring anymore. You know, Dave Dombrowski was probably the last successful GM to buy himself a ring. And even mm-hmm. that, it's not working right now in Philly. This is a different ball game, guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. You need to build from within. You can buy some pieces, but you need to build from within. And you know what? We're finally starting to see a little bit of success for the Angels. We're only a month in. Yes, I'm not getting ahead of myself. I'm just saying this first month, we've seen these young guys come up and pan out. Taylor Ward is starting to pan out. Patrick Sandoval is pitching like a beast. Mm-hmm. These guys believe in the process. So, yeah, yeah that's what I got to say there. Yeah, Austin Warren, a few other guys have come through the, you know. He gets the, hit in the face. The minor, you know, Before he got hit in the face. He, he was pitching <laughs> okay, good, yeah. too. You I know, like him. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these guys are, are we're, we're seeing a team that's being built from within. Yeah, and that, I think that's the thing that's going to get uh, fan pride. You know, because it's one thing to yeah. buy players from other teams and be like, oh, yeah, we got him from Cincinnati or Toronto. But it's another thing to bring these guys through your organization. Maybe you're a fan that goes, you know, you know, see Inland Empire games or, you know, can see him play with Trash Pandas or Salt Lake and then to see them come through it. It makes it makes a big difference. So I'm hyped about this team, too. I, I This is the best we've seen since 14, and which is saying a lot. You know, and here's one more thing I'll say. I mean, we're in a different age, right? You know, people who are younger baseball fans, no offense, Todd, you're maybe on the tail end of the younger baseball fans, <laughs> but you know, like people, Travis and I's age, we're oh, now asshole. in the age where, yeah, well, Hey, you know, I, I love you, buddy. All right. I love you, buddy, but you're about to be a grandpa. <laughs> but, um, what I'm saying here is, you know, younger people, and you see it on Angel's Twitter, are starting to now, like, control social media, right? Mm-hmm. We're at the age now where, like, Todd's kids are starting to, you know, get to the point where it's their turn to run the world, right? You know, our generation, you know, Travis and I, is now going to start running the world. You, you kind of see it now with social media, and you can tell because uh, certain companies are now starting to cater to people our age, right, Travis? You know, mm-hmm. think about the the uh, Coinbase ad for the Super Bowl, the QR code that was floating. That was catered to people our age. So because of that, it's going to start becoming pivotal for these teams to start catering to people our age because at the end of the day, we are the future of the game until, you know, my kids or, you know, Travis ever has kids, his kids start to get into baseball, then they'll start catering to that audience. But what I'm Mm. saying here is right now, it's all about meme players, right? You know, who's the meme of, who's the memed player that month for the angels? You know, as of right now, it's when it's, it's Jose Rojas, like the hometown kid, let's meme him up. You know, it's David Fletcher with those slap shots. It's Shohei Otsani with a photo of his of uh, his face as a goat. It's things like that. You know, it's players like that that, you know, the Twitter just embraces and loves. That's what the Angels are need to do better of. You know, developing those kind of players. You know, people love guys like Jose Rojas or Griffin Canning or David Fletcher because they're hometown kids playing for teams they liked as a kid. You know, that's what social media loves. And that's a dream of every little leaguer or, or player that wants to be in the big leagues. Absolutely. Play for your hometown team. Except me. I never wanted to play for the Padres. <laughs> yeah. If I ever made it, I never wanted to. I mean, I, I was an Angels fan, but I never wanted to play for the Padres. Well, speaking of speaking of Boston, 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and in this series and playing and not the Padres, by the way, but but Boston. And they, them getting the two the two out of three, the way the series started, you know, they started with getting shut out and then shutting out Boston. Takeaways from this series, Travis, moving forward for your Red Sox. Uh, we're obviously now officially a month in, like uh, Fernando said. Do you think there's a, a good chance this team can get on a win streak and get back in that race with the uh, Yankees? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just, like I said, we've got 135 games, 136 games left to play. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that needs to happen in that time. Uh, number one, need to get the bats going. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse for the inconsistency. We've got a great lineup. We don't have a lot of speed. I don't know why Christian Vasquez thinks he's a, he's a speed demon, but <laughs> we're not going to steal bases. We're going to have to hit for power. We're in a power-friendly ballpark. So yeah. just got to get the bats going, got to get something to rally. And the second big thing is it's kind of obvious, and you've, if you saw the Angel series, you know what it is. We're giving up too many home runs. Yeah. We're third in the American League in home runs surrendered. Got to bring that number down, especially in an era where it's home run or strikeout. Got to strike out more batters, you know? That Absolutely. hasn't been too much of an issue, but we've been giving up too many long balls. And, and who's your now more success? And who's your next series here coming up for Boston? Uh, right now, let me think. As we... of tomorrow, probably the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, for like the fiftieth well, time. Chicago. Oh, the White Sox. Yeah, so we're playing a scuffling White Sox team. It might be a time to get rallied, but I also thought that about the Orioles. You're like, hey, nothing like playing the Orioles when you're on a losing streak. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be one stinky field. Yeah. The Sox and the Sox, one stinky field. (laughs) (laughs) Grillmaster special right there, the Sox. Um, well, hope- sucks. yeah, sucks. hopefully, hopefully you guys can get it turned around. I think the league's better when uh, the Red Sox are, are formidable in, in that mm-hmm. East, but it's just going to be tough. More uh, possible too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Do you think the uh, Red Sox make any big splashes at the deadline? Obviously it's too early for you to start picking, you know, trade candidates, but do you think the Red Sox will maybe improve that bullpen? It seems that that's going to be your biggest hole, at least at the current moment. Uh, it would definitely be helpful. But I think that High and Bloom made a lot of moves towards having the current bullpen that we have now. So I think that he's probably going to try to stick with that for the most part. And a lot of these guys have the talent that just haven't been executing. So I think that maybe the bullpen would be our uh, biggest shot. We're trying out Jake Diekman as a closer. I actually like him, but he hasn't shown himself consistent mm-hmm. enough to be a closer just yet. And same with Bobby Dahlbeck. That's our biggest hole is first base by far. I think we have an OPS of something in the 300s at the first base position. We had to DFA Travis Shaw. Yikes. Same reason. And Frenchy Cordero was called up, but from what I saw last season, he wasn't that great. He has all the makings of a five tool player, but Frenchy Cordero probably isn't the solution. You know? Agreed. So maybe make some moves at first base. It's the same as last year. You know? Another Frenchy Cordero signed baseball bat. Yeah. We had to get um, Kyle Schwarber last season. I was really hoping we'd re sign him. He was oh, yeah. really, forgot he's about exactly that. the guy the Red Sox needed that season. A, a power hitting first baseman, someone to rally the guys. Yeah, and he is perfect. I was so surprised he moved on because uh, that dude with that pesky's pole down there, right, short right field perch. Yeah. I mean, it's it's built. He was for made him. to hit it, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm surprised they didn't go after a guy like Cole Calhoun just for that same kind of reason. You know I what I mean? About the idea of Anthony Rizzo as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He he's made for you know. Uh, 
he's made for that stadium. He's also yeah. made for Yankee Stadium. You know what I mean? Well, actually, mm-hmm. speaking of Padres, I think a good trade candidate with that would have worked there. I know he's having a resurgence this year. Hosmer, you know, like Hosmer. they wanted to trade. I think Hosmer yeah. would have been good for Boston. That's a good idea. Yeah. You know, maybe. So uh, let's say the opposite happens for your Red Sox. Okay. Let's say that we're at the trade deadline and things are going horrible. They're going toe to toe with the Orioles down there. I don't think it'll be that bad, but you know, hypothetically, who are some pieces that you think the Red Sox might move at the trade deadline? Like, is there anybody you think they look to trade Jackie Bradley considering he didn't accept the contract extension? Maybe he's looking to opt out, you know, is there anything like that? I was exact. I was thinking Jackie exactly. I mean, he's shown he has his moments with the bat, but more or less he's a nine hitter. There's no way around it. But he's an elite defender, and people will pay good money for that. You know, as the Brewers exhibited. You know, so I feel like at the end of the season, there's a very good chance he's going to leave anyways because he's at that point in his career where he's made himself known as a defense first player. You know, and people will pay good money to see those flashy plays. So. Uh, I think he's probably going to move on from the Red Sox because he hasn't been much of a contributor on offense, but um, he would be a good trade piece. You could probably get some prospects in exchange. Yeah. Well, well, I'm telling you, if he can get back to the Jackie Bradley of the last two games against the Angels, he'd be a high commodity. I mean, I would mm-hmm. even say, let's take, you know, if nothing worked out with Adele and Bradley can prove himself to be a 280 hitter by the end of the year and, and a guy that can get on base and, and steal bases, Shoot, it would be good for a leadoff or a number nine for us in the future, you know, if Adele wasn't the guy. Because uh, mm-hmm. a hitter like that is a, your traditional type of leadoff dude with an occasional pop, but a gap hitter turning a single into a double. Those are the players that I think the Angels are finally going after. And, uh, you know, like your Taylor Wades and players like that with that speed, utilizing speed. And I think uh, he would fit in with any, any team in Major League Baseball. Especially in a Red Sox offense that's lacking in speed. Yes. Yeah, he's probably our only yeah. really fast guy aside from Trevor Story, the new acquisition. Yeah. For the most part, we're usually in the bottom of the league in stolen bases. Last year, you probably wouldn't guess where a stolen base leader was. It was Christian Vasquez. Wow. If you have a catcher, you're a catcher? stolen bases, that's saying something. Crazy. Speaking of Christian Vasquez, he's a free agent after this year, I believe. I believe so, yeah. And then, uh, okay, so tell me about uh, Xander Bogarts. He has an opportunity to opt out. I know you're a big X guy. So mm-hmm. is there any chance the Red Sox move on from him, assuming it goes that bad? Take your heart out of it. Do you realistically see a situation where they might trade him for the right piece? Uh, taking my heart out of it, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of seeming like another Mookie situation all over again, mm-hmm. where he's a guy who's deserving of a big payday. He's proven that he's an elite player. He deserves to be on the team for a long time, but the Red Sox are going to act like they're a small market team and undersell him. They said that in contract negotiations, they were off for about $100 million. So Yikes. That's a big gap there. Yeah, it's looking like the same with Rafael Devers as well. So uh, in the event that the Red Sox are absolutely tanking this year, maybe. I could definitely see it happening as much as it breaks my heart. Yeah, and and I did check. Christian Vasquez is a free agent. So, I mean, maybe that's another piece you guys look to trade this this, uh, trade deadline if the Red Sox are not in contention. Yeah. So um, he's been playing. I haven't seen too much of him as a trade piece either, though, because he has been a pretty good uh, catcher when it comes to throwing out runners, but he hasn't been doing that so much. His offense hasn't come around like people hoped it would. He's been letting a lot of pass balls go by. Pitchers have a better ERA with Kevin Ploiecki behind the plate. It's very likely he might be on the move too if he doesn't deliver. I mean, he's been with the franchise ever since he was first called up. 
you know? So it's hard to see him go, but at the end of the day, we're putting too much faith in him as well. True, true. Myself included, I have him in fantasy. <laughs> You're like, come on, turn it around. I know. I haven't benched right now for Travis Darnold. Yeah. Yeah, and Travis Darnold's not that bad, but he's not exactly a world beater either. So No, exactly. Yeah, he's a he's a good hitter for a catcher. Absolutely. Um, and that and that puts a value on catching because again, a guy that usually back in the day, like a stassy number type numbers would be an average uh, hitter, but he's considered almost elite top five. Yeah. And so, you know, cause the catching and guys like Grindall, you know, for Chicago who were elite had, is that off to a real bad start. We saw that mm-hmm. in the Chicago series. So if you have a decent hitting catcher, uh, that can, you know, can get on base usually and doesn't have to be a speed demon, obviously, but throw out mm-hmm. guys and play good defense, but can give you an occasional 250 or better average. I mean, that's that's a win-win. Yeah, absolutely. I called Grandal overrated and literally got condemned to death. <laughs> I wanted to be massacred. I, like, want, I wanted the Angels to get him two years <clears throat> ago, man, and he was one of the first yeah. free agents off the market. I remember he went really early. Mm-hmm. Like Chicago wrapped him up there, like you're our dude, and he and last year he paid off, but this year not so much. Mm-hmm. I wanted the Angels to get him the year that he went to Milwaukee for one year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he's, he's but, definitely, uh, yeah. some things are for the best. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I recall him being the reason the Angels used to win a lot of those Dodgers versus Angels games because he would airs galore whenever it mattered. True. Mm-hmm. True. And he um, cost the Dodgers a lot of games. Yeah, he did. That's why they moved on. They were actually smart right there. They got they got Will Smith, the non-slap Will Smith. Yep. Um, but here we go. <laughs> like, into the next series, into the Nationals, man. Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me. Oh, yeah. That was one of the <laughs> best moments on television, by the way. When I heard that Will Smith slapped a guy, I'm like, wait, a benches clearing brawl happened? <laughs> yeah. Did yeah, you, right? Did, did you know it? such a nice kid. In spring training, uh, after that happened, uh, they were actually booing the real Will Smith at the Dodger game when they announced Will Smith <laughs> just because of that. That was pretty funny. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, so the Angels got the Nationals here coming up for a three-game set. The Nationals are are not the Nationals of 2019. I think we all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Yeah, sorry, Sonia. Yeah. <laughs> what What are we looking out for in that series? Who's the, who's the matchups first of all? And then we'll dive into what they offer. Uh, the Angels have not announced a single pitcher at the time of this recording, but the Nationals do have Joan Adon, who's a right-handed pitcher. He's one of four with a 7.33 ERA and 21 strikeouts. Josiah Gray will be going for them on Saturday. I think Todd Fox will be there. They are three and two, 3.12 ERA, 31 strikeouts. And on Sunday, they have Eric Fadi, who's two and two with the 4.68 ERA and has 22 strikeouts. And the Angels, like I said, have yet to announce any pitchers. I believe tomorrow there's a chance it'll be Jonathan Diaz. Actually, well, well, so far I'm on uh, the Fantasy Pros website, and they're actually saying it's going to be Suarez, Lorenz, and Sandoval. Isn't Suarez in the minor leagues? Yeah, but that's just what they're – oh, no, I thought he was called up. I thought he was just called up, wasn't he, or no? I thought he was just sent down. Well – well, well, yeah, he miscommunication, but yeah, no, no, I, I did see the same thing you said about Diaz. There was a rumor about him getting a start. Yeah, because uh, he was pulled today. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. I mean, um, I wouldn't see why not. They wouldn't put Lorenzen and Sandoval at least for two and three. But 
we'll see. Um, you know, obviously we'll see what happens tomorrow and uh, if the Angels can can pull out that series. I think it would be very disappointing if we showed up like we did against Baltimore, taking them lightly because uh, Tampa Bay is no joke. They're right after them. And uh, I'd like to get them back because they manhandled us bad last year. They made us look like a triple-A franchise. So I mm-hmm. want a little revenge for that. And I, I'm hoping the Angels are looking forward to that series. And uh, they can't take this Nationals team lightly. They're uh, speedy at times, and they can hit the ball. But that pitching's a mess, and we've got to take advantage of that. Yeah, Juan Soto will find a way to kill us if he can. Walking. So. Walk yeah. <laughs> well, the, the but problem But you'll just is- Soto shuffle you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is they got two other good hitters. They got Josh Bell, and they got uh, Nelson Cruz. So. Walk them all. Yeah. Yeah. Walk, all. Walk them all. <laughs> Walk the best of Yeah. Welcome all. There you go. I mean, hey, they already intentionally walked Corey Seager with bases loaded when I was in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> that? that that still makes no sense, man. I'm still I mean, like Mike Trout's reaction in center field. Like, are we really? Doing <laughs> I was so confused. I remember he was just kind of like he like looked. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah. He's like he was just kind of like, huh? They're all loaded. <laughs> Yeah, he was counting. Yeah, he's like, he was oh, looking at the bases. Okay. Yeah, he was he 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 was tripping out. That was the funniest reaction ever, dude. Funniest <laughs> reaction. But I, I mean, yeah, I think it was like one. It was like the you know the gif for like the dude who's like blinking. He's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that's the yeah, thing. I mean, all... Madden makes you do that a lot. Uh, you know, there's oh yeah, you you can't go a series without scratching your head at least once or twice. Like, why did he do that? What what? Why does the lineup look like that? Oh, why did the pitcher come out so early? Why did he put this guy in a situation? Uh, you know, because he did that. I think against uh, uh, was it against Boston when he brought in a high leverage uh, in a high leverage situation? He brought the rookie in Elvis right away. I think it was. It was still a two run game. He brought Elvis in, and I'm like, this is a guy. It's like severely inconsistent. This is still a winnable game, <clears throat> and you're gonna bring in our worst bullpen pitcher of all the guys who are available. You go with that guy. So never say so no to Joe. It. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so there you go, right there. Uh, any final thoughts, I guess, or have you got anything else to uh, to bring up about this series or the future for the teams? Uh, I guess the last question I have for Travis: It's still early. You weren't able to physically watch this Angels team, but from everything you've heard, from everything you can see at your disposal, do you think this Angels team has a chance to make the playoffs this year, from an outsider's perspective? Absolutely. I mean, if they keep playing the way they have been, I don't see why not. That's good to hear. Cause okay, I mean, cool. us you, Angels you won't fans, get any hate mail. No, not at all. <laughs> seven, seven year drought. And for an outsider to say that feels really good. So, yeah. If they keep playing the way they have been, I mean, yeah, you got to keep in mind that it's a grind, a healthy Otani, a healthy trout, a healthy Rendon making for success right there, you know? Mm-hmm. And there you go. And if any of them get hurt right there, you know who to blame because he said it. He's the jinx. It would be a safe bet. I will give you his address. (laughs) (laughs) I will give you his address. You guys can throw Dunkin' Donuts in his window. I would love that. (laughs) Yeah, right? Okay, you know what, Travis? Let's, Let's make a deal. I know I'll be living in Texas at the time, but I will make it work out. Let's bet a Dunkin' Donut coffee of your choice or beverage of your choice. If you're not a coffee guy and one donut, whoever has the better record, the angels or the red Sox owes either you or I a Dunkin donut and a drink of their choice. You got a deal by when <laughs> at the end of the year, 
Oh, okay. If you're talking right now, then I'm not taking the bet, but yes. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. By the end of the year, that's that, that's the bet. I understand we have a little bit of an advantage, but like you said, you guys normally start off cold and heat yeah. up. You have some hope. We normally yeah. will start off average and get injured. So Yes. I'll take that bet, yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. Depends Give on what kind of Dunkin' Coffee, guys. We'll make it a jelly donut too. A jelly donut. Ooh, good. Good choice. I don't like jelly, but I'll give you my jelly donut. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you do can you like, have it. Do you like the cream filled or jelly? Jelly's my favorite. Neither. There you go. All right. I don't like I don't like juices inside of my donuts. You freaks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like. Yeah, part. no. I, I'm favorable to the, towards the jelly myself. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm a man. I don't like cream in my donuts. I like sprinkles. <laughs> Gotta love the cream. I like sprinkles on top, like a man. Oh, yeah. Like a man. You see that these are man pecs. <laughs> see these muscles? These are man muscles. Okay, okay. We see. Well, I get that from eating the donuts. Those... Yeah. Nice. Those sprinkles, those are manly sprinkles. <laughs> By the way, uh, is there a number on the back of that American jersey? You got the Padres one, the all-star one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a trout. Nice, like it, like so it. So you lot. guys know that I'm not wearing a Padres jersey. Yeah, I was making sure. <laughs> I feel like know. people think I'm like a Padres fan. Like, oh, he's like a closet Padres fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not. My dad is. So. Yep, yep. But I mean, you know, I, I grew up watching. I grew up in San Diego. I grew up watching a lot of Padres games. So you know. I've seen a lot of. I have friends in the organization. Was that? I've seen a lot of Angels games because I live in Orange County. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and I'm sure there's a little part of you that, like, you know, you like the Angels. They're not your favorite team, obviously, but, you know, you'll cheer for them when they're not playing the Red Sox. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I just want to see. Yeah, it's going to be really place. awkward. Exactly. It's, it's going to be really awkward when I'm living in Texas going to Rangers games because I don't want to cheer for the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to get a jersey that says Texas sucks and then the number 69 on the back. <laughs> that way I'm still wearing a Rangers jersey and people are like, oh, look, a Rangers fan. They turn around, they're like, oh my God. <laughs> what a burger. <laughs> That's the other thing you got to take advantage of the Whataburger over there, which I wasn't too impressed by. Whataburger is better than In and Out. It, 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 uh, close. It's close. People are going to hate me. Go ahead, send the slander. Remember, I'm start, I started a new Twitter account at the Lone Star Halo. Send it my way. In and out is mid. Their French fries taste like potato chips. If you drink their milkshake through a straw, you will pass out because it is so thick. We are talking like Lizzo. It is <laughs> thick. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with being thick. That's okay? thick. That is really thick. <laughs> hey. Th- thick is beautiful these days, guys. I guess. Thick is great. Especially with milkshakes. But what I'm saying here, what'd you say? Especially with milkshakes. <laughs> yeah. But you don't want to pass out from your milkshake. You don't want to sit there. The next thing you know, your face is all red. Your face matches the Angels jersey. I will say <laughs> I will say, In-N-Out fries are super overrated. Oh, my God. The worst fries in fast food. Yeah. Maybe like besides Arby's or stuff, that doesn't count. That's like dog food. But uh, <laughs> and here, and real quick, real quick, before everyone's like, "What are you talking about, dude?" Whataburger sucks. Okay, the French fries are fine. They're whatever. Their French fries are average, but they have the spicy ketchup. Mm-hmm. 
They have big boy burgers and they have the Texas toast option. If you guys ever go get the spicy chicken sandwich and instead of getting regular buns, get Texas toast buns. Yep. Spicy chicken sandwich, Texas toast buns with ranch. Noted. But that, that's like a Sonic okay. too. Same thing. Texas toast. Can't go wrong. Mm. Okay. Well, when you guys both come to Texas to visit <laughs> me, I'll take you guys to Whataburger. You got it. After we go boo the Rangers to a loss. There you go. That's the I main would love part. To see the stadium. Yep. Yeah, it looks like a Lowe's. Yeah, it does look like a Lowe's. <laughs> the the department. Lowe's. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Lowe's and Chase Field had a baby. A very boring, bland baby. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Looking forward With to bad it. food. <laughs> With bad food. <laughs> All right, so that that is our take on food. We talked a little baseball today as well. Uh, yeah, uh, we don't so, talk about that much anymore. Yeah, we're, we're kind of going off the rails, right? Like another show that we know. Yeah, <laughs> the Roger Lodge show. Yeah, for sure. All right, Todd, do you want to hit us out with some Roger Lodge? Yeah, let me get to our preview for the Nationals here at Angel Stadium of Anaheim, the house that the Cowboy built at the uh, – Artie Moreno, drunken guy. I mean, straight businessman made so much better, a.k.a. the Anaheim Stadium. And writing down Catella <laughs> to the game on this uh, next d- game on Friday through Sunday, the Angels will win 57 to nothing the first game, 123 to nothing the second, and 1 to nothing on Sunday to get uh, on the getaway game. Where, oh, actually, we're still at home. But, yeah, we're going to sweep everybody the rest of the season. And John Stamos. <laughs> will put his good luck charm kiss on me before each and every Angels home game. 152-0, and 0, baby. There you go. <laughs> good night, guys. See ya. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.